0: They opened fire on the creature and saw it drop. It let out a pained and angry cry as it fell, obviously having taken at least one hit, if not more. The men marched towards their prize, but when they got there, it was gone. A small town in Miller County, Arkansas. A young family excited and ready for the beginning of a new life together in a quaint little farmhouse in Texarkana that they had just purchased. The week had been filled with packing and unpacking, moving boxes and furniture, meeting the neighbors, and making new friends. Invitations for dinners and housewarmings were given and taken as liberally as the town gossip. Bobby and Elizabeth Ford, were eating up every second of it, though this was just a sample, just a taste of the celebrity that they would soon be experiencing, albeit for circumstances akin to a much more exotic ilk.
1: The setting was the perfect paragon of picturesque pastures and platlands, rolling emerald fields, neighboring cows grazing and gossiping, forest full of bark-armored sentinels pridefully presenting their brand new deep greens, The dull browns and yellows of winter were nothing but a memory. The old farmhouse may not have had a new coat of paint or a fancy paved driveway, but what it lacked in contemporary amenities, it more than made up for in character. Mrs. Ford was often quoted as saying, she may not have class, but she got story for days when describing her new home. The young couple was happy. Everything was hunky-dory, except that on multiple occasions throughout that first week, Mr. Ford swore that he had seen a large dark shape lurking around his tree line. It never stayed long and it never approached them, at least not at first. But over the course of the next few days, Bobby began to grow concerned and apparently he was not the only one. There are multiple other eyewitnesses, including Bobby's brother and hunting mates that had reported seeing a large bipedal creature prowling about.
0: Mr. Ford's first encounter with the creature was a colossal comedy of errors. It is reported that he was doing some yard work around the house when suddenly he was grabbed from behind. He reported that the creature was large. It was seven to eight feet tall and very, very strong. It was grunting and breathing heavily with red glowing eyes and moved very quickly. Ford says the creature's chest was enormous and it had dark black hair all over its body. The creature had wrapped Ford up in some type of large, mammal-like hug and was squeezing him tight, too tight. Ford was getting lightheaded as his breathing became more and more labored, his lungs unable to function properly due to the constricting force of the creature's embrace. Fearing that he would soon succumb to his waning oxygen intake and pass out, Bobby flailed about wildly. Through sheer determination and will to live, Ford was able to break free from the bear's, uh, uh, I mean, from the creature's grasp. He hit the ground hard and ran full tilt towards the safety of his new home. So harrowed was he, so gripped by fear, though I suppose that's better than being gripped by a bear, Uh, I mean, not, uh, not a bear, a monster, that he wasn't even able to open his door. Instead, he burst through it, the front door exploding into splinters. Sharp, jagged shards of serrated shrapnel careened through the entryway and through his skin. There, on the welcome mat of his new home, peppered with splinters from his front door, barely breathing, having narrowly escaped the clutches of the now-famous Boggy Creek monster, Bobby Ford passed out. And welcome back to Icarin Inc., where we dredge the depths of the horrific and hilarious in all their gore and glory. I am, as always, Micah. I'm Chelsea. And today, we're looking at the Falk Monster, or maybe better known as the Boggy Creek Monster. If you've heard about this story, let us know in the comments. I would be genuinely curious. If you learned something new, let us know that too. That's what we're here for. That's what we're all about. Sit back, y'all. Relax. Hit that thumbs up. We're just two nerdy authors who love telling stories, and this is Iker and Ink. What's up, girl?
1: What is up? I First off, to answer everybody's question that I know everybody was dying to ask is that I've never heard of this legend lore monster. None of it before.
0: I'm very glad you haven't. Uh, the reason I asked if we could do this story is because I was actually watching TV last night and they were talking about the Boggy Creek monster. Oh, wow. and they were talking about it. Like it was uh, this fearsome creature and, the whole time, you know, I was just like, y'all, y'all don't know. Y'all don't know. No. I had researched this a couple of years ago and written a whole story about it. I, 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 I did all the research, all the investigations. I learned all the ins and outs of the entire encounter, the entire lore behind the cryptid. I know everything about it. I was like, I texted you last night, Chelsea, can we please do the falcon monster? Because I got to set people straight.
1: Uh, last minute mind you yeah.
0: last minute yeah. Yeah. people don't know and now they're gonna know and it's it's gonna be a lot of fun also i wanted to address something that i'm sure everybody is asking after editing the last few episodes we had recorded that right after i'd had a cold mm-hmm. and so i had some uh some skin uh flakes on my nose i
1: didn't even it lo-
0: notice it, it looks like a booger it looks like a booger everybody it's not a booger it is not a booger it's just some dry skin that I you know I didn't want to peel off. I didn't want to bleed or anything. It was just some dry skin on my nose. It's not a booger.
1: I had no idea.
0: I just wanted to, I just wanted to point that out. Now it shows how little vanity I truly have, right? Of course, of course. Because I noticed it while editing. And if I was really concerned with what people thought and with my looks and things like that, I wouldn't have put them up. Of course. But dude, I don't care, man. If people, if people see it and they think it's a boogie. That's cool. They can think it's a boogie, but I'm setting this. I'm setting the record straight. It wasn't. It's not. Don't worry about it. You know, it's tough being this beautiful, but then having to explain how you're this beautiful. Of course. Yeah. It's hard to do.
1: I mean, that has to keep you up at night.
0: It does. It does keep me up at night. The last couple episodes, I haven't even done my beard. I haven't done my hair. You know, I just, I just get out of bed and I rock it because we record in the mornings. I did not have a booger in my nose and the stuff in my mustache is not gunk; it's liquid from whatever I'm drinking.
1: If we're talking confessions here, yeah, I'm in my PJ shorts. So perfect. Yeah, so yeah. if we're going that far, we're going that yeah. far.
0: Uh, what do you say we get back into this and find out what uh, what old Bobby uh, Ford was dealing with?
1: Freaking do it, dude! I'm waiting for you. Yeah, let's do it. All
0: right, let's jam. Bobby Ford woke up the next day at a local hospital where he was being treated for minor scratches and shock. So, basically, he knocked himself the F out on his front door and got a bunch of splinters. That's what happened, y'all. Do you remember the beginning? That's what happened. He gave his report of what happened to the Falcon Constable, though his initial telling conveniently omitted the busted-down door. The story didn't gain much traction at that point, and Bobby was back home and in the loving arms of Elizabeth before supper that evening. But that evening is when things really started to unravel. Bobby's brother and hunting buddies had come over to wish him well and to give him some much deserved ribbing over the whole thing. When all of a sudden, one of his friends shouted that he had just seen the monster through the window. It wasn't long before this motley crew of backwoods warriors were armed with rifles and flashlights and were making their way around to the back of the house in what I can only imagine was the most precise, perfect hillbilly flying V ever seen. Not a Gibson flying V, mind you. A Bombay flying V. A D1 Mighty Ducks flying V, hillbilly style. And I'm not talking about the sissy pants private school varsity D3 Mighty Ducks. I'm talking about the mean, lean street ducks of Mighty Ducks 1. Chelsea, have you ever even seen Mighty Ducks?
1: I have. I'm like okay. so excited okay. that you've referenced this.
0: Okay, good deal. Good deal.
1: <laughs> this is awesome. Uh, so
0: you see, the flying V is impenetrable. Except, of course, if your opponent chooses to use the super secret yet highly effective reverse Flying V. But we're assuming that the Falcon monster is unaware of such tactics. And there is, of course, just one of them. And it is, of course, a bear. Uh, No, wait, no, we're not there yet. No, it's not a bear. It's a monster. It's a cryptid. There were like five movies made about this. It's a creature. It's a monster. It's a cryptid. It's not a bear. So this band of hunters form up and march out. Their mission? murder. Their motivation? Revenge. Revenge for making Dude look like a fool. Ain't nobody gonna humiliate Bobby Ford and get away with it. They turned the corner just in time to see this large, black-haired, red-eyed creature lumbering around the opposite side of the house. It was dark, and the soft beams of flashlights bounced and swaying in excitement, offered little by way of any real help in seeing the beast. But they saw enough. They opened fire on the creature and saw it drop it let out a pained and angry cry as it fell obviously having taken at least one hit if not more the men marched towards their prize but when they got there it was gone
1: just then as the search began anew they heard a scream from within the home bobby ran back the way he had come entering the home which was easier than it should have been since he had destroyed the front door the night before to find elizabeth visibly shaken but otherwise unharmed. She fell into his arms, clearly distraught, and told him that moments after she had heard the gunfire, a giant arm covered in black fur or hair had reached in the window above the couch where she was sitting. She stated that it didn't reach specifically for her, but that its enormous claws were mere inches from her face. A fruitless search went on well into the night. The constable arrived along with concerned or curious neighbors and 'er ne'er-do-wells, and they all did their best to comfort the traumatized couple. The constable inspected the location where the beast was downed, but could find neither beast nor blood. As a matter of fact, he found nothing but a strange set of tracks and some unfamiliar scratch marks of the Ford's patio. A reporter for the Texarkana Gazette made his way out to the Ford residence the very next day to get the first-hand account of the encounter. He was met by a frantic and exhausted Mr. and Mrs. Ford. They were packing up their belongings and loading up their vehicles. Ford told the reporter that they had lived here exactly one week today, and that was enough. They were moving out and getting as far away from there as possible. He did recount his tale, his and Elizabeth's both, and it was published the next day in both the Texarkana Gazette and Texarkana Daily. The story was then wired to the Associated Press and the United Press International and ran in newspapers nationwide.
0: Falk, Texarkana, and Miller County have all had their fair share of sightings over the years, but none so notorious as the one in May of 71 at the old Ford home in Boggy Creek. There's not much more to report on Elizabeth Ford, but upon further investigation, I found out that Bobby Ford had quite an illustrious career as an outlaw. Apparently, he rode with the James Younger Gang and was one of Jesse James's most trusted allies. That is, until he shot him in the back of the head. Okay, okay, you may say that I'm all over the place on this one, that this Bobby Ford was not the coward Robert Ford who assassinated Jesse James. But then I would say to you... Who freaking cares? So what that it was like a hundred years apart? And yes, I have taken all my medications. This story about Bobby Ford and coward Robert Ford is just as plausible as this stupid Falk monster being an actual cryptid and not a black bear.
1: You're an idiot.
0: I'm just getting started, Chelsea. <laughs> this, this, this story pissed me off to no end. Five movies. Five movies were made about the Boggy Creek Falcon monster, and it was obviously a bear. I wasn't even going to include this one as it has clearly upset me so much and lessens the otherwise stellar quality of my storytelling. But I had to. I had to include it so that you would not be duped into thinking that the Falcon monster was anything more than a farce, a black bear, a lie.
1: Are you feeling better?
0: That was a long time coming, and I had I had to get the story out since I watched that stupid show last night that was talking about the Falk Monster, the Boggy Creek Monster, as an actual cryptid. Y'all, it wasn't a cryptid; it was. But a people still bear. believe it. People one hundred percent believe it.
1: Now, while it's true that the Ford celebrity was short lived, the story did make it onto the silver screen. The Legend of Boggy Creek released in theaters in nineteen seventy two and earned twenty million dollars. Micah. 20 million dollars
0: okay all right i'm sorry it's it's just this dang bear made some jabroni in hollywood 20 million dollars and i can't even get two patreons you know what no you know what no you know what never mind never mind don't worry about it i gotta find my zen i'm cool go continue
1: the film spawned several sequels both official and unofficial including return to boggy creek Boggy Creek 2, and The Legend Continues, and Boggy Creek, The Legend is True. Though none of these films saw the same commercial success as the original, they all enjoyed some time in the spotlight. The original film, The Legend of Boggy Creek, was recently remastered and screened nationwide.
0: Now I would be remiss if I did not do my due diligence here after introducing you to such a harrowing monster if I didn't tell you how to kill it. We all love these segments. Well, luckily for you, while I have never killed a falcon monster before, I have seen a ton of movies that have bear fights in them. And since we all know by now that this falcon monster was indeed just a hungry black bear, I think I can reference a few of those more popular films and be on my way. Kill the falcon, mother falcon. Number one, punch it in the nose. This works every time and it is an automatic one-shot kill. <laughs> Okay, sorry, I gotta keep my composure. This is not funny, this is serious stuff. Number one, punch it in the nose. This works every time and it is an automatic one-shot kill. Number two, if you simply want to escape the bear, or monster, and you have a little time on your hands, you may first hollow out a large tree, place a cute window in it, and make it look very inviting to the beast. Then, once the creature has taken up residence within the tree, you may feed it honey. Lots of honey. This will fatten that silly old bear right up and it will get stuck trying to get out of the window. Winnie the Pooh reference. (laughs) (laughs) Because because it's a freaking bear. No, it's not, Micah. Number three, if you ever find yourself stranded in the wilderness with a bitter rival and a bear, simply carve a spear out of a tree branch and wait for the bear to fall on it whilst it is trying to eat you. The bear will then use its own weight to impale itself on said spear, and you and your rival can survive on bear meat or falcon meat or whatever. Yes, uh, that was a reference to The Edge. Last but not least, simply lie down where you are. Bears, or monsters, are innately afraid of delicious and helpless meals if said delicious and helpless meals happen to be lying down in a fetal position. That will frighten the monster away. If you follow these four steps, these Micah Campbell-approved instructions, you will be murdering falcon monsters in no time. Now give me my $20 million, motherfucker, and make me a
1: sandwich. Falk, yes. <laughs> oh my god. New merch idea, Micah. Falk, yes. <laughs> Falk, yes. Please.
0: Yeah, okay. I know. Look, I was about 20 minutes into researching this monster when I realized it was a bear. Then everything else just went out the freaking window. We can talk about the actual encounter, how sad funny it is that the Fords were in and out of that house in seven days. We can talk about him knocking himself out, busting through the front door out of fear. Freaking hilarious. All that was probably real, but I am a supernatural and paranormal expert. I am a top cryptozoologist. I can tell you with 100% certainty that while the rest of the legends on this show are 100% true, this one, this Falk Monster, was complete bullcrap. Disclaimer, we do not really recommend or approve of anyone trying any of those steps listed in our How to Kill It segment. Don't mess with bears, or Falk Monsters for that matter. And that does it for this chapter of Iker and Ink. I hope you enjoyed it. Please remember to hit that thumbs up button and subscribe to the channel if you want more content like this. Hit the bell to be notified when new content drops, which is at least twice every week. Got a suggestion or creepy story to share? Email us at Podcast at gmail.com and remember to tell us if you want your name mentioned or if you would like to remain anonymous. Shout out to our patron, Michelle Piper at mpiper underscore rights on Instagram. She is supporting us financially and receiving all kinds of goodies as our way of saying thank you. She is one of us and you could be too. Merch is a thing. Patreon is a thing. We truly thank you all for joining us each and every week. Please like and subscribe. Leave a review if you're listening. Reviews help bring in other members to the cult. And until next time, have been Micah.
1: I've been Chelsea.
0: Together, we have been Iker and Inc. and you've been a beautiful audience.